Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. I've entitled this message, this message, Starting Point. And by, hopefully by the end of this message, you will have a greater understanding and comprehension of what you need to do in, in, in your endeavor to connect with God and, and move with the things of God and the spiritual things. I want to help you find the starting point. Because if we can get the starting point correct, then it's going to open up this whole world for us in our operation in the Spirit and the things of the Spirit of God. It's just going to open up this whole world that maybe for some of you have never experienced before. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, the Apostle Paul said, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated. So I just got a lot to get out of me. I've said that three times. Just, y'all, can y'all just hang in here with me? I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach. I just got a lot that I feel like I've got to say to you today at High Praises. I'm going to start here. Ontologically, an ontology deals with the state of your being, who you are, if you will. Ontologically, at least according to this verse, you consist of spirit, soul, and body. You are what theologians call a trichotomy. Now, some people think we're a dichotomy. They think that spirit and soul are essentially the same thing, so your body and spirit and soul. That's fine. I'm not here to split theological hairs. But I have always been a trichotomist. And, and much because of things I read in the Bible, much because of the scriptures like these, that we are spirit, soul, and body. There are three parts to you, if you will. That's how God made you. Your spirit is the gateway to God and the things of God. Your soul is the gateway to yourself, to your inner person. I don't know what you're thinking right now. Only you do. I don't know what you're feeling right now. Only you do. I don't know what your intentions are. Only you do. See, that's your inner self. And then your body is the gateway to the world, this physical world. We know that. You're sitting in chairs. You're listening to me preach. You're watching what's on the screen This is how we operate, our body, the gateway to the world, our soul, the gateway to ourself, our spirit, the gateway to God. Here's another way of putting it. Your spirit, and y'all believe you have a spirit, right? Okay. Your spirit is the means by which you function, this is so deep, spiritually. If you're going to be spiritual, you need a spirit, right? And so that's, that's how you function spiritually, it's because God gave you a spirit, okay? Your, your soul is the means by which you function psychologically. That has to do with your mind and your thoughts and your heart and your emotions. Your body is the means by which you function empirically. That has to do with your senses, what I see, what I hear, what I touch, etc. So your soul, psychologically, your body, empirically, but your spirit, how you function spiritually. Paul recognizes your trichotomy in our text. 
Now, you can, you can argue with me if you want to what I'm about to say. I'm not dumb. I know that somebody might say, okay, Pastor, I'm not sure about that. Fine, have your opinion. But what I notice in this text speaks to me because when Paul says the three parts that we are composed of, do you notice there is a specific order? He did not say, may your soul, body, and spirit be preserved blameless. He didn't say, may your body, soul, and spirit be preserved blameless. No. He said, may your spirit, then your soul, and then your body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think there is significance to this order that Paul is saying to us. I don't think one is more important than the other. That's a very Greek concept. and We're not ancient Greeks, okay? So so we're not having this concept that the body is bad and the only thing is good, and I won't get into all that. And a lot of, some of that actually influenced the writers of the New Testament books. I'm not saying that. Look, if the Bible says in the beginning God created and everything he made was good. So your body's good, your soul's good, and your spirit's good. But there is an order, especially when it comes to the things of God and the spirit. So here is what I want to present to you today, and then I want to teach, preach. Two things. I truly believe the reason that so many people, and especially people in Pentecostal churches, but all Christians, struggle to experience the things of God. And yes, I'm going to go there. You're in a spirit-filled church. The supernatural things of God is because they get the order wrong. Y'all with me? They get the order wrong. They try to connect with the Spirit of God, do spiritual activity through physical activity or mental activity or emotional experiences while never really involving the spirit part of their being. This is going to resonate with a lot of you today. So that's the first thing I truly believe. The second thing I truly believe is that if God's people could learn to begin with their spirits. God would work in us and through us in ways we, we always wished for and wondered about and hoped for. Our thoughts, our feelings, watch, and I believe this with all my heart, if we could just learn how to start with the spirit, with a little s, our spirit, our thoughts, our feelings, our body, I'm telling you, would fall right in line behind the Spirit as we go into the things of God. See, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I'm a Pentecostal pastor. And I want you to know I get frustrated when you get frustrated. I don't like it when someone is struggling because they cannot seem to experience Certain things of God. And these are good people. If we're going to talk about you, you're good, you're good people. You live right, you pray, you read your Bible, you come to church, you listen to me preach. I tell you things, you believe it because I try to base it on the word. You go back to God, you start praying for things, and they don't happen. And you get frustrated. I don't blame you. I don't. I'd get frustrated too. You want more, you're hungry for God, 
And you know, a lot of people struggle like this. Don't raise your hand, but am I, am I, am I preaching where the rubber meets the road right now? Okay, thought so. Let me give you some examples, and let me see if I can help you with this. I want to preach examples, but help you, because what good's preaching is I help you. Let me give you three examples that to me stick out, especially because we are a spirit-filled church. The first one pertains to what we just did. That's worship. Worship. Now, if you go to older mainline churches, their worship oftentimes is comprised of elements of liturgy. And that's a big thing with them. So they, they recite creeds and the apostle creeds and they, and they have responsive readings. There's nothing wrong with any of that. As a matter of fact, in Pentecostal churches, we might do well to think about more about the apostles' creed. And I don't know, when I was a kid growing up, because we had hymnals, we don't have hymnals, but I remember my dad leading the congregation in responsive readings. They had some in the, how many of y'all remember they had them in the back of the hymnal? So there's nothing wrong with those things. Here's what is wrong. What is wrong is that if you are doing those things but never activating the spiritual side of you, your body is involved, let's all stand. Your mind is involved, your mouth is involved. I'm going to recite this creed, this responsive creed. My mind is reading the words or I've got it memorized. I went to a Catholic funeral one time and it was almost like a Catholic mass, and they would stand up and sit down. I had no idea what to do. Everybody there knew what to do. The priest would say things. Everybody there knew what to say. I was clueless. I felt so out of place. But if it's all that, y'all, then it's not spiritual. I'm not making a judgment call. I'm just saying facts are facts. If it's just your body and your mind, and some people feel warm about doing religious activities like, great, I'm great. But if your spirit's not involved, listen to me, it's not spiritual. It's religious. And see, we, we have conflated religious activity with spiritual activity in lots of churches, including Pentecostal churches. Okay, ready, I'm not going to leave us out. Hold on. I'm just saving us for last. How, how many know most churches have a format for their services, Right? Y'all just got to sit tight. It's 1045. Y'all got to just sit tight. I mean, I'm just getting started good. We have a format. I've got it right here. Every Sunday, they put one on the, on the lectern, the podium. Every Sunday. We got a format. There's nothing wrong with formats. You need formats. I've been in churches where they were, they were, they were winging it. It made me, it was unsettling to me. It made me nervous. Anybody know what I'm talking about, especially little churches? Oh, my father-in-law preached a revival over in Hartwell, Georgia at a church, and I went with them. They asked me to sing. I sang, and, but the whole service, man, they were just winging it, and I almost had a panic attack. I thought, this is chaos. i got to get out of here. You don't know what's going to happen any minute. Listen, Paul said in church services that all things be done in decency and in order. Formats are good, but listen to me. <laughs> If you have a format and the spirit man is neglected, you know what you'll do? You'll just go through the motions. You'll, you'll, go, through, you'll go through a checklist. You can use your mind. You can even feel certain ways, but that doesn't mean it's spiritual. Y'all still with me? Let's talk about us. Pentecostal worshipers. Now, we often have a lot of energy. 
a lot of passion. And I know this is a bigger congregation. We're a more contemporary, current. I like the word current church with a little old school feel at times when I get up here singing, reach out and touch the Lord. But, you know, I'm definitely not in a suit and tie. I had to wear a suit and tie this week and about died. It was so hot. And so, and so, but I've been in smaller churches, a lot of energy, a lot, they, they worship a little bit. It doesn't matter. We get excited around here too, by the way. I was doing a huckabuck last Sunday, if I remember. If you don't know what that is, that's what I called the huckabuck. A lot of energy in our passion, in our music, our singing, and our preaching. But listen to me, if it's not spiritual, it's just a fired up form of going through the motion. Good preaching, Pastor. I'll continue. Some people think it's being spiritual, but it's not. All right. So you just don't think I'm throwing out opinions here. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, Jesus said to the woman at the well, but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. By the way, truth, well, truth, truth means your mind, right? Pastor, that's got to involve your soul. No, the word in the Greek means uh, insincerity. Or veracity means you mean it. That's about motive, not about mind. It just means that that your 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 worship is spiritual, and you mean you're not you're not going through the motion. God is spirit, and those who worship Him, strong word must. Some people don't like to be told you have to do something. But when God says it, you don't have a choice. Well, I just worship God the way I want to. Go right ahead, but that doesn't mean he's going to like it. Doesn't mean he's going to accept it. He wants spiritual worship. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship how? In spirit and truth. Are you all getting the picture here? So this is why I, and now I'm repeating myself, this is why we open with a chorus. This is why a lot of times we say, let's pray, because we want to get you spiritual, to activate your spiritual. This is why praying before you come to church is good, because you're connecting with God, hopefully, spiritually. So, Pastor, what did we learn this morning? What I learned is on Saturday night, right before you go to bed, why don't you have a little prayer time before you go to bed? Can I teach you all something? You want to, just, you want to, you want to change it up a little bit in your life? How about Sunday morning when you get up, instead of rushing all over the place, pray. Dad, when you get in the car and everybody's been fussy, everybody, settle down. We're going to get spiritual. And lead the family in prayer. I'm just giving you options. Do what you want. When you come in the parking lot, before we go in, let's just pray. Lord, been crazy week, da, 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 da. Lord. We're about to, we're on holy ground. We're about to go and say, Lord, just right now, help everybody here. God, help us that spiritually, God, we'll be in tune with you or see from you, and God, our worship will be. Just have a little prayer. I mean, one or two of you might do it. Ten or twelve of you might do it, but I'll tell you what, it'll change Sunday morning for you. Prayer. Let's talk about prayer. Since I mentioned prayer, prayer is supposed to be a spiritual form of activity. It's talking to God. 
have you ever noticed that historically people were taught that you had to assume a correct spiritual posture when you prayed? Would you stand with, don't do this, but hold on, because I might do this and y'all to, so don't do it. Would you stand with me, please? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? I do it. I try to get you in a posture. We all, all the preachers do it. Do you remember when you were little? What is the, what is the universal picture of prayer? Remember when we, were, when we were kids, they said, what, what else are you supposed to do when you pray? Supposed to. See, historically, we've been taught that there is a physical, that you get the body involved trying to connect with the Lord. Nothing wrong with that at all. None of these forms, however, make your praying spiritual. If your spirit's not working, have you all ever prayed and your mind wondered? Trying to pray and you're thinking about everything you got to do. Do you know why that's happening and it just seems like you're having a hard time being spiritual? Because you're not being spiritual. You're being soulish. You're trying to go about this with your mind. If I pray real hard and passionate, I'm going to have a passionate prayer. You can be passionate, but if it's just your heart, it's just passionate, fired up prayer. If you don't ever get your spirit involved, I'm not trying to confuse anybody. I'm just trying to tell you I'm... I think I can explain for you why sometimes it seems like you're struggling is because there is a conflict sometimes that happens within ourselves between our body and our, usually they work together, but sometimes there's a conflict between our body and our mind and our spirit. You say, you making that up? Jesus told the disciples in the garden who kept falling asleep, which was physical activity, wake up, could you not tarry with me one hour? Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. Watch this. The spirit is willing, but your flesh is. It's right in the Bible, isn't it? There's a, there's a battle that takes place. You ever, you ever prayed and felt nothing? Like you're just going through the motions, Okay. I think sometimes there can be a lot of reasons for that, but it is probable that one of those reasons is that we're trying to get to a spiritual place using our body and our soul. I want to tell you today, you can pray spiritually. The Bible says for us to pray spiritually. So let me teach you something that I learned and put into motion years ago that revolutionized my prayer life. It revolutionized me spiritually, and I've even done it yesterday and today. When I'm feeling a struggle to pray because life, the world, is trying to bombard and my mind is preoccupied and my heart just doesn't seem to want to warm up, and I'm thinking, this, I'm just not feeling, what do we say? I'm not feeling it. Your feelings, your what? Your heart. And I'm not talking about times where you're going to go through spiritual dry places and wilderness experiences. I've taught you. You're going to have those in life. But listen to me. Here's what revolutionized. I did this years ago. I started doing this. It, it turned my prayer life and my spiritual life upside down. I, I started praying. Here's how I started. I said, God, Papa God, before I, do, before I do anything, before I say anything to you, would you activate my spirit man right now? Lord, would you let, in other words, Father, but I'm having trouble with the semantics, God, but you know my heart. Would you, would you help my spirit to have the preeminence right now. 
not my mind, not my heart, not my body, Lord, not things that I get, but God, my spirit. Would you just let this, God, right now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I would do that and immediately the spirit of God in me who is united with my spirit would immediately rise up in me. Some of you say, I've never had that happen. Oh, you ought to. Just rise up. Y'all, we're Pentecostals. Can I just tell it? I haven't even started praying yet. And I would pray that. That's the extent of my prayer. So, and the Holy Ghost would come on me. It happened to me today. And I wouldn't even, and the Holy Ghost would rise up in me because I'm I'm trying to focus on spirit. And I'd start speaking in a heavenly language, and I'd start praying in tongues before I prayed in English. Is this helping anybody? Everybody in this room could do this. The next time you have your prayer time, Lord, you know, I don't know if I can word it like Pastor Chris, but God, would you just touch my spirit and just help my spirit man to Give my, let my spirit be in control right now. God, the spiritual things come first. That's I'm just telling that. I'm telling you, God, God will, and you know what happened in my body and my soul, just like I said earlier, my body and my soul fell right in line. After that, I didn't wonder. I was focused on God. And when you pray in the spirit, the Bible says, my, my understanding, I don't understand what I'm saying in the spirit. How I many you know that's what the Bible says? I don't understand. He speak, you speak mysteries. You don't know what God knows what you're saying, but you don't know what you're saying. So sometimes the, the soul is, part, the, is put on hold and your body and your spirit are working together. My mind and my, my mouth is speaking what the spirit is saying. This is part of being spirit-filled. Speaking of all that, can we talk about speaking in tongues? Because I think that's an issue. We believe in the baptism with the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence, not the only evidence, but the initial evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. We believe in prayer languages where you pray in the Spirit. You're speaking in a heavenly language. You don't know what you're saying, but God, the Spirit, is talking to God the Father through you. And when it's done, you have an overwhelming sense of strength and encouragement and edification. And if you're going through a crisis, you will have a peace and all of a sudden say, everything's going to be all right. There is the gift of tongues that works in coordination with the gift of interpretation. All of those, speaking in, in, in tongues, involves your spirit. Now, it does involve your mind and your body. It can, often does, but it is a spiritual activity. And I really wonder if some people struggle to speak in tongues because they're trying to get there through physical and soulish activity. You pray, you cry, you praise and worship the Lord. You're seeking to be filled with the Spirit. You're seeking to be used by God. And I talked with two people this week that I think they'll, they'll let me tell their stories. They've told their stories. That struggled with this, and here's what happens. Listen to me. This is going to sound so familiar with a lot of you. Is that you come to this Pentecostal church, and you say, well, I want to do that, and I want to, I want to go deeper, and I want the more of God. I want that, Pastor Chris. But I just seem to get, I hit a wall. And here's what often happens, because people tell me, is if you're worried about speaking in tongues, you're worried about it, and the Holy Ghost begins to move in you, you lock down. You lock down in your body. 
you shut down. She's not here today because she's sick. One, one of the ladies in our office shared this with me. I said, when did you get baptized with the Holy Ghost? She grew up Baptist, didn't know any about this, any of this, was backslidden when she got, came here, got saved. And, and then one Sunday morning, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. She was standing down here. People were praying. The Lord was moving on her, but she said, I have a tendency to hold everything in. And she said, I knew that I wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but she said, I was just sort of locked down. And Lisa Picardi sitting on the front row forgot she did this. I had to tell her the story, reminded her, because we do think sometimes we forget when the Lord uses us. Lisa came over to pray with her. And she saw that she was just standing there. And Lisa looked at her and said, Honey, if you want the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to open your mouth. That's a mama bear theology, see. That's what a mama bear said to you. Honey, you got to open your mouth. Tanya said, I opened my mouth and I began to speak. And she see where she was locking down physically, she let loose and opened up and said, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do, here it is. Here's my body. Here's my soul. Here. And, she, and she said, it wasn't long. She said, she said, you laid hands on me, Pastor, and I fell out. And she said, while I was laying there, I began to speak in tongues. I've never done it in my life. She said, but I had to open up. She said, I was locked down. If you are an analytical person, if you're a person that thinks a lot, sometimes too much, you can say, all right, Pastor, I'm open to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm open to this, this speaking in tongues thing, you know, that people don't understand. But, but I, you know, I just, I got to understand it. I've got a lot of questions, and you're on. And if you keep asking questions, but you won't receive the answers, and you keep analyzing it, and you keep trying to figure it out, and you're too busy thinking about it, that's your soul. And you're, it's a form of shutting down. And God is trying to say, look, I gave you that mind, and you can understand it better by and by. But right now, what I'm going to do, this is not the time for me to give you a 45-minute explanation, and I have to convince, God said, I don't have to convince you of anything. You just need to trust me. How many know God doesn't owe you any explanation? You know, you didn't have to have all that explanation when you got saved. I mean, somebody probably preached the gospel when you got saved. You didn't hear half of it. All you knew was you were in a mess. You were on your way to hell. You were under conviction. You couldn't wait for him to shut up so you could get to the altar and give your life to Jesus. And it's the same way with the things of anything of the Spirit, including the baptism of the Holy Spirit, anything of the Spirit, is you just have to stop trying to figure it out. We'll explain it to you later. But you just have to say, God, I want it. And I open myself. Have your way, God. Here's a starting point. We'll learn about it later. I'm not dumbing down education. In Pentecostal churches, we've been big on experience and bad on knowledge. Because we should have had more preaching and teaching like this. And we did not. Trust me, because I grew up in it. We did not. We place a, a great emphasis on the mind. We have a tendency to be very rational in our approach to most things. And the problem is that includes the things of God. Let me say this. If you close your mind and you close your body, if you shut it down and lock it down, you will close your spirit. But if you will open your spirit first, 
then you, you will open your soul and your body to what God wants to do with you. And the Spirit will fill your mind with his words, and then you'll open your mouth, your body, and you'll speak what he has given you to say. And it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're saying because it's not, listen to me, because it's not a mental exercise. It is a spiritual exercise. Is this making sense to anybody? Okay. So my challenge to you today is to learn how to open your spirit to God. When you were saved, the sin went out and Jesus came in. How many of you are glad you're saved and Jesus changed your life? How many of y'all glad you're not what you used to be? Hallelujah. And the way he came in was through the Spirit. And so when you were saved, listen to me, your spirit, everybody still believe you have a spirit? That spirit part of you was united with the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So if you want to access the things of God, you have to start where God is. And where is God? God is joined with your spirit. So you begin in your spirit, not your mind, not your heart, not your body. They get behind in your wake and follow the wake of the spirit. So I don't want anybody to think, okay, so pastor, as far as I'm concerned, you're just still making this hard. So you're telling me now i got to learn how to be spiritual and i got to activate. No, 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 no. There's a, look, there is some learning with this. There is I don't, you know, in learning, like when you first drive the car, you know, you're, you may be a little herky-jerky when you're first learning to drive, but after a while, it, it's easy because you're becoming familiar. I remember the first, I bought a zero-turn mower, and the first time I got on the mower, y'all know what a zero-turn mower is? Got those two hands. I was like this. The first five minutes, I'm trying to figure but I'm a fast learner. Five minutes. I was, within five minutes, after I had that thing figured out, y'all, I was zooming around my yard. Whoa. I mean, you can do donuts in that thing. I get on it now. Jaron can do this. I watched Jaron do this one time. He on his zero turn. I come. I come. I don't ease my way into my garage. I come in full bore. Parked. It's one of my favorite parts of mowing the grass is when I park it. First time it was, now, that's how it is with the things of the Spirit. You got to learn. You haven't been spiritual. You just have to learn. But I'm telling you, He's like, some people just speak in tongues so easily. Some people just seem like when they pray, they go, like they just become, like they become spiritual prayer warriors and they get right with God. And some people's worship is just it's because they've learned how to, to start here in the spirit. You'll learn. So I don't want to make this seem like, it's, oh, this is one more thing i got to learn. No, I think this is just, you got to do it. You just got to learn. It's unfamiliar territory for a lot of people. Even though you're saved, you're just not real it doesn't mean that you're not spiritual just by status. You're just in activity. You're not real spiritual. Does that make sense? You're spiritual because you're saved. 
but but you're but it, when it comes to function, you know, everybody's at different places. And what I'm saying is, let's learn how to function in the spirit part of ourselves. By the, and obviously, it's going to be the empowering and the leading of the Holy Spirit, who's working in us and through us. Psalm eighty-one ten. The writer is writing. And he's speaking for God to the children of Israel. And he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I love this. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. God wanted to bless the children of Israel, but they had to be open to what he wanted to do in them and for them. And and everybody understands this. If you're hungry, I don't care how hungry you are, you cannot satisfy your hunger until you do what? Open your mouth. And there is an illustration there is that you can say, oh, I'm so hungry for God and the things of God. But if you keep your mouth closed, keep your mind closed, you keep your heart closed, you're locking down. I'm not raising my hands in church. I'm not doing, okay, fine, do what you want to do. But, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a form of locking down. You just have to say, you know what? It's not my body anyway, it's his. He purchased it with his blood. By the way, it is. It's not your body, it's his body. It's not my soul, it's his soul. He's going to take it back when I die. It's not my spirit, it's his spirit. He created it. Open your spirit. Open your spirit, y'all. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Say, have your way. Do what you want. Do what you want. Open the door, come on in, and rearrange the furniture. Repaint the walls, God. I don't care. Do what you want. Pastor Terrence shared his testimony with us. And we, we were in, in this meeting this week, which sparked this. He told me, he, he said, I grew up in a Baptist church. He said, I had a pastor. We started talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so we'll talk about that. He said, I had a pastor who said to us, you don't, because we would know about Pentecost, he said, you don't need all that. When you got saved, you got everything you need. You don't need all that stuff they're talking about. And said, Terrence said, well, that's what I believed. But he said, in my heart, I felt like my spirit, there was more, and I just didn't know what it was. He said, then my mother got baptized with the Holy Ghost. He said, now I got a tongue-talking, praying mother modeling this. And I'm trying to figure out, the pastor's telling me one thing, my mama's over here doing something else. That pastor left, he said, and another pastor came to their church, and he was spirit-filled. And he started to preach on the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit. And Terrence said that I, as I listened and I learned, he said that I opened myself up. And he said one, one Sunday, I don't know where he was, he said, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, for the first time I spoke in tongues. And listen, this is what one of our pastors told us. He said, but after I spoke in tongues at one time, he said, months went by and I didn't speak again. Because as we were talking about this, that's what sparked it. He said, Pastor, what you're saying is exactly what happened to me. And you know this happens to a lot of people is when they get baptized with the Holy Spirit, they say, whoop, check it off the list. Got that one done. Don't have to worry about that anymore. No, you don't check it off the list. That's the starting point of a life lived in the power of the Spirit. People just check it off. And then they say, well, if you spoke, if you prayed in tongues, nah, 20 years I hadn't prayed in tongues. I got filled with the Holy Ghost, but I don't worry about that. That's why you don't worry about that. But 
Terrence started worrying about it. He said, I'm not speaking in tongues again. I'm not praying. My mother's praying in tongues. I'm not worried. He said, months went by. He said, but Pastor, I had, to, I had to come to an understanding. He said, I was shutting down. He said, I was locking it down. And he said, I had to open myself back up. He said, I had to do exactly what you, he said, I had to open my spirit and say, God, just like you did it the first time, I'm sorry, but I'm opening my spirit again. You want to now pray through me? You can pray through me. I'm opening, and he said, when I opened my spirit back up, and I, I said, God, do it, work in my spirit. He said, that's when God took me into that whole world, the spirit-filled life and that spiritual power and prayed in the Holy Ghost. Are y'all listening to what I have to say? What I have learned, and I'm closing with this, so musicians, you need to come, please. What I have learned is that you can reach a place like that zero turn mower where you can learn to walk and live in the Spirit in such a way that you just remain open to his moving and his prompting. And, and, I'm, and I'm fighting the semantics here. It's where you're spiritually aware. I'm trying to help you with semantics. I'm trying here this morning. I'm a wordsmith. You're spiritually aware. When you, when you get up in the morning physically, you can't help but be aware because we live in a physical world. So physically, we're incredibly aware. And then mentally, we have to be aware because of the things we have to think and and the processes we have to go through. And then in our hearts, we need to be aware. Y'all know sometimes, though, we don't feel like we should sometimes. gets us in trouble. Sometimes we're not thinking like we should, and it gets us in trouble. I'm just telling you that spiritually, we need to say, God, help me every day to be. My brother-in-law, Joel Talley, is a mighty man of God. That that. That man, he's Joel's 54 now. Joel, um, Joel started preaching when he was like a kid. God filled him with the Holy Ghost, called him to preach. He'd preach to the backyard. He'd preach to the dogs, the cats. He'd preach to anybody. He's, he's doing revivals as a teenager. He's preached all over this country, preached around the world. He's one of the most anointed men of God I've ever met. I've never seen a guy like him that the Holy Ghost power flows through him when he lays hands on people. I've never seen anything like it. He'll, he'll just, he can lay hands on people. I've seen him get in a prayer line, and, lay, and 90% of the people will just fall out under the glory and the power and the might of God. They can't stand up, and it's not Joel pushing them down. It is just he flows in the power of God. He's cast out demons. He's had healings and miracles. Recently, last year, there was a kid. He still preaches youth camps. We were laughing about the fact he's 54, and they still called him to do youth camps to teenagers. And last year, he preached, and uh, they prayed. There was a child, a, a teenager, if I remember, was a young teenager there who was blind, blind. I'm not talking about legally. He was blind. He could not see, but he was in youth camp, and they prayed for him. Joel prayed for him, they prayed for him, and God healed that child. His eyes popped open like the stories in the Bible, and he could see as good as any of us. They called his parents. Parents came, pastor came. They were all shouting and rejoicing. God did a miracle. I'm telling you. And one day, Joel and I were talking, and I said, Joel, how do you do this? I know you're a vessel. I know all the right answers, but I'm asking you, how is it that you walk in this power and this anointing. He said, Bubba, he always calls me Bubba. He said, Bubba, 
He said, I've learned how to walk in it. Oh, somebody didn't hear me. He said, I've learned how to walk in it. He said, I pray. I pray every day. He said, but, you know, you think you got to get in a room and pray for two hours. He said, what I've learned, he said, I just stay in a state of prayer all day. He said, I work and do stuff, but he said, I'm just staying in, staying in touch with Jesus in my spirit. He said, I'm just always open. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I can talk to the Lord. He said, I've learned how to walk in it. And where you think, is that just something for an evangelist? Your pastor came here today to boldly declare to you that's not just the structure for an evangelist. It is the structure, if you will, for every child of God. I'm challenging you today to open your spirit and start walking in it. As you work, as you are physical and go to the store and do all the things that you do as you're thinking, as you're feeling, be spiritual. Just always keep the door open. That's why at any moment, if God needs to use you, he can because you keep your spirit. And he said, what I need you right now to do is spiritual. I need you to pray for these people, but I need to be spiritual. You say, yes, Lord. That's simple. Randy, open that door over there. Just, just push that door, would you please? It's as simple as that. And you know you better than I know you. That's right, Randy. Let it shut. But is that where you are spiritually? I'm not saying you're not spiritual. Listen to me. Don't, I'm probably going to get misquoted for this. Fine. I don't care. But if 12, 15 people, this can revolutionize their life, I'll take the hits. Because I know what I'm saying. I'm sorry if I'm not conveying it. I'm not saying anybody here saved is not spiritual. You're not hearing me. But there's a difference between, there's a difference between being positionally sanctified and practically sanctified. Oh, that's theological. I'll take you on that one. And there's this difference between being positionally spiritual in that my spirit is right with the Lord. My heart is right. I'm saved. But being a spiritual person. I'm telling you, everybody in this room, you can be spirit. It doesn't mean you're going to go around speaking in tongues all the time. But what it does mean is that you just become aware that every day I am a spirit person. God, if you want to use me, and you've got to be ready because at just some point when you're not ready, when you're not thinking, the Lord will say, I need you. And you'll say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Stand with me this morning. I know there's, <laughs> I know there feels like there's an element of the ethereal in my preaching today. Sort of out there, Pastor. No, it's, it's not. That's the point. If you're thinking that way, you've already put up a roadblock. Your body is going to die and dematerialize, but your spirit's going to live forever. The more permanent, real part of you, are you listening to me? I'm preaching right now. Listen to me. The more permanent, real part of you is what? Your spirit. And if you're hungry for more, people say, I'm hungry for more. I try to tell people, you're not going to get it any other way. You may like our music. You like our singing. You like what God does. You like the feel of the Holy Ghost. You like the preaching. And it's being, you don't go to sleep in the Pentecost church. That's one thing. And, and I like, but 
Pastor, personally, I need more. I'm just telling you, you can get that more, but you're just going to have to open up your spirit. So where you are right there, they're getting ready to sing. What I want you to do this morning is I want you to go to a starting point. Starting point. And I want everybody in this house who will, and I hope everyone will, to pray a very simple prayer right now. And they're going to be singing. And I want you to say, Lord, I've heard Pastor Chris. Jesus, I've heard what he said. The words there, I know I have a spirit. Lord, would you help me remove every hindrance, every every obstacle. Lord, right now, listen, Lord, right now I open my spirit. And Lord, help me to keep that door open. Not just on Sundays in church or certain times I open club. But Lord, help me to just stay open so that, Lord, you can move in me. Do whatever you want in me. I'm opening my spirit to you. Can you just start praying right now? Come on, one, two, three, go. Just start talking to Jesus. Will you all over this church, saints of God, begin to call out and say, Lord, help me. Open, Lord, I open my spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. God, do, do your work. Come on, get ready because I believe God's going to touch me. I, I'm telling you, I've got to feel. It's going to start low, but y'all just get ready. God's going to do something. He's starting it right now. You just say, Lord, here's my, I'm opening myself to you. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. God, speak through me. Speak to me. God, work in me. Work through me. Come on, y'all. Call out to the Lord. Lord, I'm opening my heart. I'm opening my spirit. I'm opening myself up, God, to you. you it's your spirit. You're, you're, you're already there, Holy Ghost. You're in me. Just have your way. I'm sorry for backing down. I'm sorry for locking down. I'm sorry, God. Here, just have your way, Lord, in my spirit. Have your way in me, God. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.